2001 is arguably one of the strongest years in pop music, period. Hear me out. You had Britney Spears, Destiny's Child, Alicia Keys, Usher, Craig David, Mariah Carey, and Michael Jackson releasing new albums. But there was one album released this year that has my heart forever. It's All For You by the legendary queen herself, Janet. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. <laughs> All For You was Janet's seventh studio album and saw her entering a more positive phase in her life after enduring heartbreak and multiple personal struggles in the public eye in previous years. It is often considered to be her sexiest and most fun album. So join us as we dive into this era of Janet's career from Janet Jackson, it is all for you. Hey everybody, my name is Michael Kadosh and I'm here to welcome you all to Planet 2000s, a place where we celebrate pop music's most iconic moments from the most iconic decade in pop music history. Let's dive in. What's up, you guys? Thank you so much for joining me this week. It is Michael Kadosh here, and I'm very excited, and I'm going to tell you why. Because today we're going to be talking about Janet Jackson's All For You album. So just for the record, before we even start this episode, I feel like I have to preface it by saying I am a Janet Jackson mega fan. Like when I tell you I am absolutely in love with that woman, I kind of begin to tell you. Like there's a few, I love all music, like we all know this, but you know, there's a few artists that I truly, truly admire and just adore everything from their artistry to their music to just them themselves. And Janet is one of them. And so I'm so excited to talk about her today with you guys. And you know what? I'm just going to stop babbling about myself and start talking about Janet. So All For You, the album. It was released on April 24th, 2001 in the USA on Virgin Records. It was released a few weeks earlier or about a week earlier in Japan. It was Released right in the midst of the media scandal surrounding the breakup of Janet's secret marriage to Renee Elizondo. We will definitely talk more about that when we start talking about the actual lyrics and the concept of the album and the songs. But, you know, just to start, give you guys a little bit of a context, you know, Janet's name was in the news at that time because nobody knew she was married. And so all of a sudden she's getting a divorce and it's like, whoa, how did we not know this? But back to the album for now. So the genres of this album are quite diverse, I have to say. It goes... From dance pop to some slow R&B to rock to disco to oriental music to Quiet Storm, it is truly a diverse body of work. And some of the themes of this album include passion, romance, betrayal, deceit, and overcoming depression. One thing about Janet that I've always loved is her lyrics because she does not hold back. If she's going to sing a song about sex, she's having sex on that song. If she is talking about depression, she's going in and she's talking about her true feelings. She's not holding back. She does not have a huge ego and she is very humble and so... Every single body of work is just so authentic. And that's something I've loved about her. And she just followed that suit 150% with the All For You album. My, my life has changed a great deal. And that's where there's a new me freer. Musically, I think uh, it, 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 it is freeing. It, it sounds very, very freeing. Um, melodically speaking, you hear it. And vocally, you also hear it, as well as lyrically. I think you, you hear that in the, in the voice. I mean, as well, that's what is. In explaining the concept of the record to Essence magazine in 2001, Janet said, and I quote, I call my latest release all for you. 
The you is my fans who've stayed with me and watched me grow. The you is the mysterious force of love that's the source of creativity. And the you is also me. All for you is a suite of songs that help me move from one emotional level to another. I'm the kind of artist who has no choice but to write what I feel. Velvet Rope took me inside of my fears and frustrations, and All For You has brought me outside, happy on a natural high, convinced that I really can express joy in the face of pain. My moods are changing, and if you listen to the CD, you'll hear what I'm going through. There's anger, hurt, regret, even that familiar vein of severe self-criticism that I can't quite shake. I just love Janet so much. Like, you guys, just that quote right there just shows how real she is, you know? You would think that after everything that she's been through and all the success that she had, that she'd be like, yo, I'm fucking Janet Jackson. But, you know, she still is just so humble and is just so down to earth. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why I love her. For the first time in her career since 1986, she explored working with other producers. So just for the record, for those of you guys who aren't big, giant Janet Jackson fans like me, Janet is known for her work with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. So... They came into the picture around her third album, Control, which many people consider to be her first album because it was kind of like her breakthrough. Her first two albums weren't very successful. And they helped her craft her sound. And they did every single song that she ever recorded throughout the late 80s and the 90s. And I'm talking every single song. So every album, everything that she'd been through, they have been with her throughout the way. And so she decided for the first time, okay, I'm still going to work with Jimmy and Terry, but let me explore other producers. So she's worked with producers like Rock Wilder, The Neptunes, and Basement Jacks. Fun fact is the songs that she ended up doing with The Neptunes and Basement Jacks didn't make the record. And the songs with Rock Wilder, they, some of them made the record. However, they were added with production from Jimmy and Terry, and then Jimmy and Terry just ended up doing the entire album again. But, you know, she did explore. And um, something actually very fun that I've always, I've always known this fact, but it's just something cool, is she worked, so she she worked with the Neptunes, and for those of you guys who don't know who the Neptunes are, it's Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo. And around the time that they were making Janet's album, it was 2000, so she recorded a bunch of songs, didn't use them. Well, who's the next female artist that they work with? None other than Britney Spears. And the songs Boys and I'm a Slave for You are given to Britney. And the fun thing is that they were supposed to be for Janet, and Janet actually recorded them. And so that means that in this universe of a world, we have Janet Jackson, there's files of Janet Jackson singing I'm a Slave for You and Boys, and we haven't heard it, and it just drives me completely mad because I just I can just hear Janet all over those songs but you know what I'm happy they went to Britney apparently Janet was just not comfortable singing the word you know I'm a slave for you in a song and with boys I think that she liked the song but it just it didn't fit the rest of the album so she didn't end up using it and then another song that she did with them called what it is was given to Khalees, who sings Milkshake. So a little fun little music fact for you guys. There was also a lot of collaborations for the album that didn't pan out. You know, there's she was supposed to record at Missy Elliott, Robbie Williams, and Aaliyah. But due to scheduling conflicts, illnesses, and personal issues, all these collaborations never came to fruition. And we all know, obviously, the you know, heartbreak of what happened to Aaliyah later on. Jimmy Jam, who worked with Janet, spoke about the recording of All For You, saying that at times we all use our work to get through personal things. And in regard, the albums and the part in The Nutty Professor 2 were really successful in giving her the incentive to strengthen herself. And I think through it, she managed to find this sort of feeling that I'm okay with myself and I have people who love me because she wasn't thinking all that well of herself then. And that just continues to show just the place in her life that Janet was in. I just write what I'm feeling in my heart, what goes on in my life. You know, as a kid, I never kept, I could never keep a journal, I could never keep a diary, and I, I tried. And I saw other kids do it, and I thought I was just weird or different in that way. And then I came to realize as I got older that my albums are my journals.
All right, so let's talk about the actual music and the songs that were on the album and the singles. So technically, there were four singles on the album, but if you really want to count it, there were actually five because first track that we heard that ended up on this album was Doesn't Really Matter, and it was released as a single for the movie The Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, because Janet was starring in that film. It was her second big motion picture. And she wrote that song for the movie, and they ended up putting it on the album, but I believe... You know, if it's on the album, it's a part of the album. So that was technically the first single. But we had Doesn't Really Matter, All For You, Someone To Call My Lover, Son Of A Gun, and Come On Get Up. There were a few other singles that were supposed to happen, but we'll get to that a little later. So starting with Doesn't Really Matter, it was a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100. She performed it at the MTV Video Music Awards in 2000 and was one of her biggest radio hits. And actually, fun fact, it was probably, I don't know if it was the first song I ever heard, but it had to have been one of the first songs that I ever heard from Janet because it came out in 2000, which means I was I was. And I remember being a giant fan of that song. And if I actually have all these old mix CDs that my brother used to make me when I was a little kid, you know, back when you had like Napster and LimeWire and all those things. Yeah, he used to burn me CDs. And on like the first one I ever made, one of the tracks, and I think it was like 16 songs, one of the tracks was Doesn't Really Matter. So I was always a big fan of that song. And I think that that's what made me fall in love with Janet at such a young age, because I don't really know that my parents really listened to a lot of Janet. I mean, my parents listened to some Mariah and Madonna, Shania Twain and people like that, but I actually don't remember hearing them listening to Janet Jackson. So I feel like when I heard Doesn't Really Matter, I think is when I'm like, as a five-year-old, you know, being like, oh my goodness, who's this gorgeous creature on the screen? I just fell in love with her and discovered all her music since then. And I actually do have a clip of me at at my sixth birthday, and I'm saying, um, I think it's a different song, Together Again is playing, but it's around the same era, two years before. And I'm like, mama, I know who sings that. It's Janet Jackson. Started my fandom, Doesn't Really Matter is very important to me. And then we have the official first single, which was All For You. And of course, course, All For You is the name of the album. I'm going to play you guys a little clip of Janet when she was filming the video and what she had to say about the song. As far as the the single, just inspired from experience, going really going to clubs and having fun with friends and, you know, seeing somebody that might be attractive or you could tell that wants to approach you, but intimidation pretty much gets in the way. And it's pretty sad that that's happened to me really all of my life. Anyone that I've ever gone out with, I've asked out. So, um, hopefully that'll change. (laughs) But but that's okay. So I just wanted to write about it. So that it was pretty funny. A couple of songs stood out, but this as a first single was the one that uh, really stood out. I enjoy listening to the music that we make, but there comes a point where you can get tired of listening to your own music and you're ready to hear someone else. Like for instance, this song, as much as I love it, (laughs) doing this video shoot, I'm tired of this song. I just need a little break, just a little break. But that happens, because you listen to it for a week in rehearsals, doing the choreography, then you have to hear it all day long, 24-7 when you're shooting the video. But it it, it happens, but it's, it's a fun song, I like it. It's another piece of the tapestry for myself. And I still feel like there's yet more to come. So all for you, you guys. If you want me to be so honest, I believe this to be one of the best pop songs ever written ever written, ever recorded. And I'm not ta- I'm not just talking like the vocals. Like, yeah, she sounds great, but the melody is just so infectious. The beat, it's so fun. It's so upbeat. It feels great. 20 years later, I genuinely still love it so much. And a very fun fact, you guys, it is that today, March 9th, and 
on March 6, 2001, which was 20 years ago, three days ago, the single was released. So, you know, this episode is kind of coming upon the 20th anniversary of the album and the single. And it just feels like such a great time to celebrate Janet. And I'm getting excited. So, <laughs> but all for you. It broke several airplay records upon its debut, you guys, being the first song in history to be added to every pop, urban, and rhythmic radio station within the first week of its release. And also had the highest first week audience impressions in history. So we're talking at this point, 15 to 18 years into Janet's career, she's breaking records still, still creating number one singles and across every genre. You know, it's a very rare artist that is able to cross over so successfully across pop, R&B, adult contemporary, rhythmic, everything. It had the highest debut and largest opening airplay figure on the radio songs chart, debuting at number nine with an audience impression of 70 million. So just to give you guys some context, when a song debuts on the radio songs chart, it usually debuts around 38, 37 and then works its way up. This debuted at number nine. This never happens, you know, because radio, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for a song to catch on. But this was like, everyone heard it once. And they're like, oh my God, this song is amazing. It was also the biggest selling international single that year in Japan. So, you know, Janet's always been super, super popular in Japan, arguably more popular in Japan than she is in North America, which is crazy. No other song, fun fact, has conquered all reporting stations in its first week at radio, let alone mastered three formats in one week. Kevin McCabe of Radio and Records said that on the success of the single all for you. A lot of people, not that they were surprised by the success because it's Janet, you know, and people knew it was going to be successful because at, at that point she hadn't had a non-successful period in 15 years. For it to be that successful, especially in a time when artists like Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys were so popular, it seemed like the older generation of artists were slowly fading away. But Janet was like not me. <laughs> and it was extremely successful. She also released a single Someone to Call My Lover, which was a number three hit on the Billboard Hot 100 and uses two genius samples. It uses Ventura Highway by America and a melody from Eric Satie's Gymnopédie Number no. 1. I'm saying it in a French accent because that's just how I pronounce it, but I have no idea how people who don't speak French would pronounce that. So the latter was actually a commercial that Janet heard when she was a little girl and she went into the studio with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis and she was like, okay, you guys, I don't. I have this melody in my head that I remember from when I was a kid and I can't find it until she sings it. And that's when they're like, okay, let's find it. And they ended up finding it and used it in the song. And then of course the Ventura Highway, you know, the like we all, we all know that. It was just so genius. And the song was so successful as well. It was another top five hit for Janet. And it's kind of one of those songs that you just want to like drive around in the car with the top down and, you know, just have some time with your friends. The third single from the album, Son of a Gun is definitely a, something to talk about. So, you know, I spoke earlier about Janet's divorce from Renee Elizondo. So just for the record, she was married from March 31st, 1991 until January 1999. Well, that's when they were together. It says in the papers that they split and he filed for divorce in the summer of 2000, right as Janet was about to release Doesn't Really Matter and The Nutty Professor 2. He went on to sue her for $10 million and try to milk her for everything that she's worth. I'm going to play a clip of Diane Sawyer asking Janet about the song and... Renee, and we'll come back. Son of a Gun is not about just one person. It's about a few people. People betray you? It's definitely happened. And it hurts. <laughs> How'd you find out? Hmm. It all depends on who you're talking about. <laughs> Different ways. <laughs> Friends tell you? Yes. Um... Family has told me. What is the lesson you learned from those years? My years with Renee. Renee. 
we grew up together. You know, you grieve, you forgive. Sometimes my friends say that I'm crazy. To forgive? Yeah, and because I still love him. I'm not in love with him, but I still love him. It makes you wonder, uh, was there an agenda from day one? I mean, that's, that's what it's made me do. Was the love truly there? I, I don't like to think about that, because um, it hurts. A lot of the songs... What were you thinking just then? It just, it hurt. It still hurts to this day. It really does. So yeah, he was starting to have a tell-all book all about her and their personal life. And it's kind of sad because if you're a Janet fan, you know Renee. He worked closely with her through 86 to 2001. And I'm talking co-writing songs, directing music videos, being on tour with every step of the way, taking care of business affairs. Everybody knew Renee, but everyone just thought they were close, maybe boyfriend and girlfriend, but nobody knew they were married. And Janet wanted to keep private. She wanted to keep something private for herself. And that's why she did that. You know, I I can only imagine what it's like for her having grown up as a member of the public eye. You know, Michael Jackson and the Jackson Five were famous from the time Janet was three years old. So she doesn't know what a normal life without public scrutiny is simply because she is a Jackson. So I, I can see her wanting to have some sort of normalcy and privacy about her marriage and her love. It did unfortunately blow up in her face. Renee turned out to be a total dickwad, if you don't mind me saying. I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be offensive, but you know, Janet's just one of the sweetest souls and he really just wanted to milk her and take advantage of her for everything that she's worth. What really makes that sound as special really as it is is uh, using Carly Simon's uh, sample from You're So Vain and beyond that what just puts the icing on the cake is her participation her being on uh, on that song I needed to get her approval to use her sample so we spoke on the phone and, and she she said to me you know I would love to resing my parts and then she said, well, can I write a couple of lines? You know, you don't have to use them. You can if you feel like it. And she went back and wrote what seemed to be a whole song. But it was so cool because it was like spoken word. And that's what I really like about it as well. She's hot on me. So awesome. I bet you think this song is about you. So the song was a mediocre success. It hit number 28 on the Billboard Hot 100. So it was still a top 40 hit and it actually did hit top 10 at radio. But the issue is, so let's let's rewind you guys. 2001, right? So All For You comes out in March. Someone To Call My Lover comes out in June, July. All very successful. It comes time to release Son of a Gun. It's October, November. Well, what is happening at Virgin Records in that time? Well, I mentioned earlier in this episode that Mariah Carey was releasing an album in 2001, right? Well, Glitter was the album, and everybody who knows Mariah knows Glitter. I I don't really want to go too into it because I will do my own episode on Glitter in a future season because that's just so a lot to get into. And, you know, if you read Mariah's book or listened to her audiobook or whatnot, you'll know that that was a situation. Mariah had signed a $100 million deal with Virgin Records. You know, after Glitter flopped, it was released on September 11th. So, you know, we all know what happened that day. Nobody was going to the movies. Nobody was going to buy an album. But after disappointing sales of the first album that Mariah delivered for Virgin, it was such a flop that they actually let her go and they ended up paying her $28 million just to go on top of the $21 million that she got at the beginning. And keep in mind, this is a $100 million contract, but because they didn't make any money back from Glitter, they didn't have enough money to 
promote any of their other artists, such as Lenny Kravitz and Janet Jackson. So unfortunately, while Janet was in the middle of promoting this album, her label was like, yo, we don't have any more money to promote this. And that's a huge reason why Son of a Gun stopped because, you know, she couldn't, they didn't have money to put it out. And, you know, it costs a lot to promote records, you guys, like record labels, at least in that time, I'm maybe not so much anymore now with streaming and social media, and it really has changed the music industry. But back in those days, the record labels had all the power and they had to promote and they had to put in money and pump money into every project. And you know what, at this point, they had lost so much through Mariah, allegedly. <laughs> um, but you know, it is what it is, uh, allegedly, but they couldn't give it to Janet. And Subsequently, two other singles that were going to be released from All For You, Come On Get Up and Trust To Try, didn't end up getting released because of that. Come On Get Up got a Japan-only release because Janet went to Japan on tour for All For You. That was it. If you are a fan of Janet's, you know that her albums usually get seven, eight singles, but by the third, fourth single, the label were like, we don't have any more money, and they had to stop promotion of the album. And it's kind of sad because Trust To Try and Come On Get Up are both amazing tracks, and Janet herself wanted Trust To Try to be a single. I hope that Trust To Try is a, it's a single on the record. I hope that that is a, I hope that comes out sooner than later. I think it's an excellent song. Uh, thank you. It's, it'll it'll definitely be a. It's one of my favorites. A single. It's pretty eclectic. When you guys hear the song, it's just like the raddest thing you've ever heard. It's it's incredible. I just wanted to take a moment to let you guys know where you can find me on social media. I am on Instagram at Planet2000s, or you can hit me up on my personal page at Michael Kadosh, C-A-D-O-C-H. If you guys want to talk about some good old pop music or just reminisce about some good times, then make sure to hit me up there. I'm also on Twitter or Facebook at Michael Kadosh. Back to the pod. Another song that I just have to single out, you guys, is Would You Mind. It was not released as a single, and if you guys listen to the song, you'll know why. In fact, before I even talk about this song, I feel like if you haven't heard it, you should pause this podcast right now and go listen to Would You Mind, because Janet got very raunchy. Um, I'm going to play you a little clip from that famous Diane Sawyer interview with Janet, and I'll come right back. I am now going to have a solo reading of a lyric or two. (laughs) Because I'm going to bathe you, play with you, rub you, caress you, tell you how much I've missed you. I just want to touch you, tease you, you, please you, love you, hold you, make love to you. I'm going to kiss you, 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 feel you, me. Have you read these to your mom? Of course not. <laughs> Are you kidding? No. Give me the expression that's going to be on her face when she hears Oh, that. gosh. You know, she never talks to me about stuff like she this. She wouldn't? I just want to touch you, teach you, make you, you. I've done stuff like this on the previous albums. I, I don't know if it's... If they're just now hearing it for the first time with, with these new ears, for, or for whatever, because I'm single now, I don't know what it is, but everybody's talking about that song, and it's the honest truth. I've always done, I call it the baby-making songs, and my mother, she has never, ever mentioned not even one to me. Yeah, so regarding the content of the song and album, Janet stated, I do understand that for the younger audience, All For You is a pretty heavy record. For them, I've made an altered version. I've been asked to watch my mouth a little, but hell no. This is me. This is what I want to do, so accept it. I don't want to live my life controlled by other people. And honestly, good for Janet. And at the end of the day, I you know, this goes back to like things that Madonna and 
Lady Gaga and all those types of artists are preached about. Why is everybody so scared of sex? I never understood it. One reason that I love Janet is because she's not afraid to express herself sexually in her music because guess what? We're all human and we all have cravings and we all feel those things. You know what I mean? It's a human thing. Why is it so taboo to talk about? It just makes no sense to me. I love that Janet even though was getting so scrutinized for being so overtly sexual in her lyrics. Let's just be honest. It is a little shocking to hear some of the things she's saying only because you don't hear it. And then you have to think to yourself, well, why don't we hear it? Music is an expression of human reality. Is sex not a part of human reality? Something to think about, you guys. Upon its release, All For You was actually banned in Singapore after the Publications Appeal Committee decided that the album's lyrics, and in particular, Would You Mind, were not acceptable to our society. The country's law officials had previously banned Janet's prior album, The Velvet Rope, due to three songs containing lyrics about homosexuality. Janet, in quotations about this issue, said, The album has been banned in certain countries, and I was told that they would be happy to go ahead with it if I were to take the sensual songs off the album. And I thought, wow, that's weird. Here I am talking about love and expressing myself in a way I feel at most, at least most of us do in the bedroom. And it is something so beautiful, so positive and wonderful. Yet they want me to put a blindfold over the public's eyes about this. Yet there is all that violence and I am not going to change the album and who I am because of that. This is another side of me that I'm expressing and feeling so comfortable in doing so. Janet, rock on. I know that that makes me sound like a dork, but I just love her. I love her so much. And, you know, she and in, the, in those times, there was not freedom to really do this type of thing in your music like there is today. And she took a stand and she's like, I'm not doing anything that's not already out there. So tough fucking luck. <laughs> I love Janet so much, you guys. So it wouldn't be a Janet album without a mega tour. And that is exactly what Janet Jackson offered us with the All For You tour. She did 72 shows. Originally, it was supposed to be North America, Europe, and Japan. But because of September 11, she had to cancel the European dates. But let's hear her talk about the tour a little bit, you guys. I love performing. There's that uh, that energy, that natural high that kicks in that... Y- y- I can't imagine anything else being like it. And honestly, I'm really realizing how much I truly love putting shows together, putting this one together. I mean, I've enjoyed doing Velvet Rope, but putting this one together, I realized I could do this for free. It's just exciting to create, to uh, create the wardrobe, uh, to create uh, the sets. I enjoy every bit of it. It's enjoyable being on stage, and you have your moments in the show that I think are very important that we don't just, we're not just a team up there dancing and performing for the people, but interacting and enjoying each other and having fun. That's important, I think, for the people to see that. Yeah, so the tour received really positive reviews. Craig Seymour from Buffalo News wrote, Her All For You tour marked another milestone for the veteran artist, who proved to be more comfortable with her own ability to command an audience than ever before. The tour was considered an influence to many of her followers, adding that Janet remains one of the generation's most exciting performers in concert, easily triumphing over the likes of young upstarts Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, and Destiny's Child. Kind of crazy to say it you know you guys janet was 36 this time and they're like she's beating all the young girls like she's still killing it the los angeles times stated that not only is janet emulated by the type of show she puts on by the current teen fab that she made popular years ago she still does it better than the 19 year olds like i just want to clap but like i'm holding the microphone right now so i can't even clap but i'm just like Oh my god, she's just so perfect. (laughs) The All For You tour was aired on HBO with 12 million viewers, and that actually helped raise the album sales by 50%. Janet did so many amazing performances besides for just the tour around this era, but most notably, there's the MTV Icon special. And for those of you who don't know what that is, so basically MTV did their first ever Icon special, and it was honoring 
MTV icons, people who helped create the network and helped make the network grow from the beginning. And Janet is definitely one of those people. Britney was there, Pink was there, Jessica Simpson, Aaliyah, Destiny's Child, Usher, Maya. I mean, the list, Outcast, you know, the list goes on and on and all these artists were just performing in honor of Janet and it was one big show. Janet performed all for you there. It's quite an amazing show. It's about an hour long and it is on YouTube, you guys. So if you've never watched it, it's something definitely to watch one night if you just want to relax, you know, and just enjoy some good music and performances. The MTV icon Janet Jackson special is definitely one that you want to be watching. Another fun fact is Janet was actually offered the Super Bowl in 2002. And we all know what happened at the 2004 Super Bowl, but I will talk about that in my Demita Joe episode, you know, for Janet's album Demita Joe, whenever I get to it, maybe next year around the time of the Super Bowl. But we don't need to get into that now. But all this to say is that she was supposed to perform at the Super Bowl, but she ended up letting U2 perform instead because 9-11 had just happened. And she was like, maybe America needs less of a big production and more of a down-to-earth performance. And you know, U2 is always good for those peace on earth performances, you guys. <laughs> Reviews for the All For You album were quite great, actually. Tom Sinclair of Entertainment Weekly gave the album a B rating, saying that despite a few missteps, All For You is about as good as modern diva pop gets, with a higher ratio of worthy to mediocre songs than might be expected. It adds up a lot more than most female singers have done for us lately. Uh, Sal Semen... Uh, Seek Money, I am so sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, sir, of Slant Magazine called it generally upbeat and positive, commending her return to making fun and cheery pop music. And finally, People Magazine ranked it among the year's best albums, stating that Take That, Britney, <laughs> move over J-Lo, with the new generation of dance pop divas following in her fancy footsteps, the Baby Jackson shows who is still in control. <laughs> I had to do that, sorry. <laughs> With this all-encompassing album that bounces from hip-hop to rock to classical, even during the same song, they're referring to Trust to Try, of course. Without missing a funky beat, you guys, I'm telling you, Trust to Try should have been a single. She performed it amazingly at the All For You tour, and that performance is on YouTube as well, and you guys should watch it, but oh my goodness, that song is just so badass. It became Janet's fifth consecutive number one album on the Billboard 200 chart, and at the time, was the second highest opening week for a female artist. You know, it was Britney at the time with Oops, I Did It Again, who opened with 1.3 million. Now, you know, as many years have gone by, many other amazing artists such as Taylor Swift, Adele, you know, have had Lady Gaga, have had million sellers in their first week. But to this day, it is still in the top 20 highest first week sales for any album by a female artist in the US, selling 605,128 copies in the first week. It also topped the charts in Canada and was certified three times platinum in Japan, Canada, and four times platinum in South Africa. It sold 3 million copies in the USA and 5 million copies worldwide. And it's important to note that by this point, this is when Napster was starting and albums were being downloaded and people stopped buying CDs around this time. So the fact that she still sold 5 million records worldwide is kind of amazing. She received so many awards as well, you guys, and so many great appearances and performances and outfits. Starting with the American Music Awards, she appeared in 2001 and received the American Music Award of Merit. And she was wearing this beautiful white suit. And I'm sure it's on YouTube. You guys can see it. And she also won Favorite Pop Rock Female Artist at the 2002 ceremony. For the Billboard Music Awards, she won the Billboard Music Award Artistic Achievement Award and Favorite R&B Single for All For You. And of course, the Grammys. She won her fifth Grammy Award for Best Dance Recording for All For You and was nominated for two other Grammys, Best Pop Vocal Album, All For You, and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for Someone to Call My Lover. Billboard ranked the album at 141 on the Best 200 Albums of the Decade, and entertainment journalist Kelly L. Carter regarded it among the most influential albums to be released since 2000, declaring it set the tone for much of what we're hearing on the radio from current female pop stars. Anything Rihanna, Beyonce, and Britney are doing right now was heard on this album. You heard it, you guys. Janet is a trailblazer. She's an innovator, and she started this shit. 
All right, every female artist that you see, even a lot of the male artists that you see, if it weren't for Janet, they would not be here today. Her production, her innovation, her performance, she's perfection. <laughs> and on that note, I am going to chill out a little bit because just doing this episode was like just me screaming about how much I love Janet and something that I, I do do all the time. I'm a little exhausted. <laughs> so I'm going to leave you guys with that today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And you guys can hit me up on Instagram, on Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review if you guys love it rate me some stars. You know, that's always great. And I just love doing this. I love talking to you guys. So I hope everybody has a great day and jams out to all for you. All right. Bye you guys. Bye.